Hi, this is Jim Richmond. Today I'm on Historian's Podcast with Bob Cudmore. I'll be talking about the current state of history in Saratoga County and some of the initiatives and activities that we're doing to keep history alive during the pandemic. This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. And joining us is Jim Richmond, a local independent historian, author of the book War on the Middle Line, and with Kim McCarthy, co-author of the book Milton, New York, A New Town in a New Nation. Jim is also a founding member of the Saratoga County History Roundtable and is currently researching the early history of the Saratoga Spa State Park. Let me start by asking you, what is the Saratoga County uh, History Roundtable and what are your current activities? Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me. Um, We founded the uh, Saratoga County History Roundtable in uh, 2018, and we've been loosely associated with the uh, Saratoga County Historical Society at uh, Brookside Museum. And it was really an attempt to uh, encourage history buffs uh, to get together, share history, listen to uh, presentations, but also participate directly in uh, researching the history of uh, Saratoga County. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been a very successful event. Of course, everything changed in 2020 where we were no longer able to conduct meetings. So we have done other activities during 2020 to try to continue to reach uh, people. Uh, right. so, so your theme has become keeping history alive in Saratoga County during the uh, pandemic. Uh, what are some of the things that you've been doing? Yeah, well, the first thing we did is we realized we couldn't have any, uh, any meetings during the period, of course. So we wanted to have a way to reach out to our members, and we do have over 250 members on our uh, on our mailing list. So we uh, came up with the uh, the idea or the plan to uh, publish weekly articles through uh, our email list, and also appeared on appearing on Facebook, and uh, and been picked up and public and publicized in the New York Almanac, uh, local uh, newspapers such as Saratoga Today, and so on. This has been a uh, success for a number of reasons. It connects with our members on a weekly basis. It also allows local historians, town historians, and history buffs in general to be able to get their stories out to the uh, uh, the public at large uh, during a time when it was no longer possible to meet. And this has been successful, right? I mean, the town historians and the other uh, local history buffs have been participating? Yes, we've been very fortunate. Um, we started in March of uh, 2020, and we're continuing uh, into the new year. And we've had 40 weekly consecutive art- consecutive weekly articles, and we have over 25 different authors that have written those articles. So uh, it's been a success both for uh, the preservation of uh, of county history, but also for engaging uh, the town historians who have also been affected by the. Uh, uh, the pandemic, they can't get into their offices and they can't reach out to their normal uh, town historical societies or groups. So this has been a way to uh, keep us together during this time. Mm. Have you been in touch with other uh, geographical areas? I mean, other counties in the in the state? Are they other historical societies and groups such as your uh, History Roundtable doing similar stuff? Most of our connections are within the museums and so on in, uh, in Saratoga County. Uh, we do reach out to other areas. We have a relationship with the Fort Plain uh, uh, Museum in, uh, in Fort Plain, New York, near Canada, Harry. 
Um, all of them are uh, facing the same issues um, locally. Uh, the Saratoga Springs History Museum uh, in Congress Park is probably our closest contact, uh, and we work with them quite a bit to understand what they're doing and what we're doing. Of course, they've been faced with the inability to open most of the time. They were open for a while um, in the fall, but I think they're closed down again now. Um, so um, by and large, I'd say if there was one thing that uh, other uh, uh, organizations are doing is using uh, video virtual settings such as Zoom and Google Meets to uh, reach out to uh, present, make presentations available to uh, their members and to the community at large. As I mentioned, you're with the Saratoga County History Roundtable. There's also the uh, museum or there in, in Boston Spa, the Saratoga County Historical uh, Society, and that's also kind of reinvented itself. Can you explain that? Yeah, well, uh, you may recall about a year ago, uh, the, the Historical Society, which is uh, located in Brookside Museum in Boston, ran into severe financial uh, difficulties and were looking at uh, possibly even having to close. And there was a uh, an initiative called the Save Brookside Campaign, which we were able to raise over $90,000 to um, keep the museum open. That w- turned out to be a lifesaver for the museum when we got into the uh, time of the, uh, the pandemic uh, because they had some funding to be able to continue their uh, their programs. One of their biggest sources of income were the educational programs that they did in the school districts, and that came to an abrupt end um, in the spring of last year. Uh, so one of the things that they've looked at is to reinvent themselves. Now they actually will be calling themselves the Saratoga County History Center, uh, and they're real uh, pivoting. First, they're pivoting to a more volunteer-led organization uh, with a uh, stronger um, involvement of the board and mm-hmm. uh, limited volunteer, uh, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, uh, quite a few volunteers, but limited paid staff. There's no longer a director, uh, but there are part-time paid staff that are helping to uh, uh, to keep the organization going. But the real transition was to. Uh, utilization of uh, of uh, Zoom presentations and other virtual outreaches to the community uh, that have kept them going. In fact, one of the programs they, they did is called the Experts Next Door series. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a very good uh, start in this direction. Uh, we have a, a a a man on our board now, Dr. Michael Landis, who's written a you know, a history book and is well connected with a lot of uh, um, various uh, historians and in uh, um, various um, colleges around the country and in the Northeast. And he launched that program to reach out to some of these uh, professors and conduct uh, um, lectures or presentations on, on uh, Zoom on various topics. Um, one of the uh, most recent ones was in November. We had uh, Tyler Anbinder, who is, uh, is pretty well known for a book called City of Dreams, which is the 400-year history of uh, New York City immigrants. Uh, and he's uh, a professor at George Washington University, for instance. And uh, he gave a really good talk on the relationship of the historical relationships of immigrants to what we're facing today 
with all the controversy over immigrants. That's just one example of what we've uh, uh, what we've done in that series. Right. And let me ask you this: Let's say in that particular talk, that wasn't in a building with an audience, or, or was it? I mean, it was nope. done virtually. It's all done on Zoom. And again, that particular one, I think we had um, forty to uh, fifty people on the call, uh, which was as many as we would normally have in a in-house uh, meeting at Brookside, for instance. So, mm-hmm. um, and that is reaching out to a different uh, group of people, some of which maybe have never been to uh, uh, to the museum at all. Right, and you also have been dealing with issues. For example, a, an issue in the Capital District that involves history is uh, Mayor Kathy Sheehan in Albany wanting to move the statue of Philip Schuyler away from uh, City Hall. And that's uh, become quite controversial. And, and you had a, a, a town hall meeting on that. Again, was that done virtually? Yeah, that was done in June. And again, the same uh, format pretty much, but we had uh, several speakers from academia and uh, even uh, local uh, political officials and so on uh, discuss the pros and cons of uh, that controversy about removing the statue. And that was put together in a fairly uh, short amount of time as the uh, controversy broke. Uh, so it, uh, again, was uh, well-received and was very timely for the uh, the people that were able to listen to it. Are you considering another or other town hall meetings on current issues, or hasn't that happened yet? There will be probably another one, but I don't know the topic necessarily. We, we did a, a second one. We've done two of those so far. The second one was done in September where we did a, a presentation called uh, Historic Preservation. Does the past have a future? And in that, we uh, um, had a, like a roundtable of various uh, officials from the Saratoga Preservation Society. We had a government representative and some local historians have a a discussion of what uh, the issues were with historic preservations, both from a a community standpoint and from a a, uh, legal and governmental standpoint. So that was actually a very interesting talk. So I expect we will have more in 2021, but I don't think we've got anything that's uh, specifically uh, uh, laid out yet. We usually try in that area to uh, jump on uh, uh, relevant topics of the of the day. Mm-hmm. And in addition to the Zoom meetings or using some other platform for virtual meetings, you've been doing some some videos. And in fact, the Saratoga County History Center has a its own YouTube channel. Yes, they've had a YouTube channel for for about a year, and they've they've. Uh, up to the point of our doing a, a major video in, in October, they were uh, mainly smaller videos, five, six minutes, and so on. In October, uh, we launched the, uh, the 1780 British Raid on Boston video, which was about 20 minutes long. So, so this YouTube channel is getting a good use, I would, would imagine, because a lot of people do that. Yes, it's on YouTube. Um, these videos are on YouTube, and uh, they're also on uh, can be accessed through uh, through Facebook, through uh, Brookside's Facebook account. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 1780 uh, British raid was quite an undertaking. It's the first one I'd really been involved in, and even though it was 20 minutes long, there was probably 20 hours of work going into it, including uh, 
uh, working with a number of, uh, of uh, colonial era and revolutionary war uh, reenactors uh, and doing the editing and of that, uh, which was done uh, by a uh, uh, the education director of Brookside, Ann Clothier, who has now become quite a videographer, I would say. Um, but it, it uh, and I pretty much wrote the script for it based on my book War on the Middle Line. But it opened my eyes into what uh, is involved in putting together even a 20-minute video, uh, the amount yeah. of effort that goes into it. We're expecting to do more of those uh, in uh, 2021. And we've got a theme called Forgotten Crossroads, which we're going to look at some of the old uh, uh, hamlets, if you will, in Saratoga County that really almost barely exist now and look at the time when they were uh, vibrant community centers. Uh, we expect those videos probably to be shorter in the 10-minute range, but we hope to uh, have several of those uh, put together in 2021. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, glad to hear you refer to the the difficulty of producing a video that that's good. I mean, it, it's, it sounds so uh, easy. Oh, we'll make a YouTube video, but it's, it's not always easy. Yes. We, uh, <laughs> we know what Ken Burns <laughs> went through and everybody like, would like to ascribe to be the new Ken Burns, but uh, we're not there. I think we learned a lot of how to approach it during 2020 as we were forced by necessity to uh, look at other ways to reach people. Jim Richmond uh, joins us from the uh, Saratoga County history Roundtable. We're, also uh, talking about uh, the Saratoga County History Center. The History Center, which is the former uh, Brookside Museum in Boston Spa, has a new official, I guess you'd say. Who is that and what's he doing? Well, we have a a number of people that are uh, involved on the board now. Um, One of the um, interesting things that uh, we're going to be pursuing in 2021, depending on when we can get back into the building for exhibits, is an expanded exhibit space. And that's under the direction of uh, Field Horn. He was a a former director of Brookside Museum in the 1980s and is now a member of the board and is uh, is, uh, um, leading that effort to uh, rearrange the space in Brookside Museum uh, and to expand the area that we would have exhibits. Um, Right now, for instance, we have the research uh, library on the first floor and we're looking to move that to the second floor open up the, uh, um, that area for uh, exhibits, as well as what we call the long room, which is the meeting room, uh, to be able to have static exhibits in there as well to make that a multi-use room, both as an exhibit space and a meeting room. And uh, so Fieldhorn is working on, an, on a couple of uh, exhibits that we hope to be able to have available in the fall. Uh, first one is really, on, is really an interesting one. It's on the uh, uh, Stewart's Shops. Um, uh, 2021 actually represents the uh, 100th anniversary of the of the first uh, um, making of uh, Stewart's ice cream, and really? uh, this exhibit is being underwritten by Stewart's uh, the Stewart's company, and I'm looking forward to that. I think it's going to be an exciting one, and the best part of it is it it kind of fits closely with the vision of the History Center, which is to really reach out to the entire county. And there's no more um, ubiquitous store in Saratoga County than Stewart's. Yes, and in many of the counties here in upstate New York. Yeah, I yeah, mean, they're goes beyond Saratoga. omnipresent, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Jim Richmond uh, is with us, founding member of Saratoga County History Roundtable. We've been talking about activities of, of the Roundtable and also the Saratoga County History Center. 
And I've mentioned that you're currently researching the history of the Saratoga Spa State Park. Uh, what are your uh, goals there, or what, what is that uh, involved? Well, this was a, a personal project of mine. I'm always interested in uh, in developing my uh, research, my personal research, uh, and sometimes in leading the uh, the roundtable and other involvements. I haven't been able to do that, so it's actually this summer as I was walking my dog, um, which I do three or four times a week in the geysers, known used to be known as the geysers, the Saratoga Spa State Park, that I started to get. Mm-hmm. Um, interested in what I saw around me in terms of uh, in imagining what that was like uh, 50, 100, 200 years ago. And so that led me to start doing research on the early history of the park. And it's a fascinating history, and it has many different elements of it. It started out as a, uh, as a, as a 650-acre plot of land uh, it was purchased by one of the original trustees, or from the original trustees of the Kateros patent. It developed uh, into an area of, uh, of farmland and mills along the uh, creek uh, long before it became uh, known as the geysers. So um, it's an interesting history. It has many different phases. And most recently, in the article that I had written uh, um, for the weekly series, I focused on Spencer Trask. And I, I chose him because he was one of the the people that were, was instrumental in, in converting the uh, the park from an industrial industrialized area that had been uh, really exploited by the uh, gas companies in the 1890s into the Spa State Park. And most people know Spencer Trask and his wife Katrina is the uh, founder and promoter of the Yaddo Foundation and the uh, Yaddo Retreat for Artists. But he was much more than that. Not only was he a businessman um, who uh, promoted the, he was like the early version of today's venture capitalist. He promoted the the early work of uh, uh, Thomas Edison, for instance. He later uh, um, uh, saved the New York Times in the 1890s and became its president. And in the the 1900s, he, he was really focused on and converting uh, the area or creating the Spa State Park as it's known today. So mm-hmm. I thought he would be a – so that was an offshoot of my other research right. that, uh, that I did that article. Sure. Yeah, Spencer Trask is a fascinating uh, individual, or was, and I certainly don't know a, a lot about him, but I've heard the name and the different things you mentioned. Maybe we can just – uh, go over some of this um, uh, material that that you put in the article in New York Almanac. For example, he had, uh, what shall we say, a sudden and honestly violent death in uh, December of 1909. What happened to him? Again, doing the work of the of the Saratoga Reservation, which was the uh, precursor to the uh, Spa State Park. And on, the, uh, on New Year's Eve day, he was actually traveling to New York City to uh, uh, work and uh, support some of the changes to legislation that was expected to uh, uh, be uh, addressed in the following year. And he had his own private uh, um, coach attached to the, as the last car in the Montreal Express that was heading to uh, New York City. It was an overnight trip. 
And uh, at, at, in the early morning, for some reason, the train had been stopped. It had been a stop on the train. I don't know if it was uh, an obstruction or something. I'm not sure of that. But the fact is, is that um, unfortunately, the, the freight train that was behind him plowed into that train and uh, destroyed his car. And uh, he was the only one or the only passenger that was killed. I think there was a porter that was killed as well. Uh, so that right, ended his uh, a very eventful life at the age of 65. Wow, and that's something. Um, well, again, just going over Trask's life, he had a lot of triumph and a lot of tragedy in his wife, as in his life, as did his wife. I mean, the whole family. He was uh, from Brooklyn, but you say his uh, father or his parents had come uh, from New England. They were uh, descended from the Puritans up in. Uh, the Boston area. Yeah, yeah. He was his uh, father was the first uh, uh, of his family uh, of a family that came to uh, New England, the Salem area. I think in the 1640s, he was the first of his family to move out of New England, and he moved to uh, uh, New York City. Uh, started a uh, several businesses, but his real uh, success came during the Civil War when he. Uh, uh, a shoe manufacturing business that he had that, that he had purchased and grew uh, supplied uh, material uh, shoes and other things to the uh, Union Army, and that made him uh, very wealthy at the time during the 1860s. And Spencer himself went to Princeton as a result mm-hmm. of that, and then started his own business career after the war. Mm-hmm. And he married uh, Katrina Nichols who was from another elite New York City family? Yes, they were They were uh, another important family of New York City. He married in the same social cir- circles that he was uh, getting accustomed <laughs> to uh, uh, be part of. And as you mentioned, he and his wife, uh, Spencer and Katrina, uh, conceived the Yaddo Foundation. Uh, it's in 1900 uh, as a an artistic community, and it has been that. Um, and fun, because I knew I was going to talk with you about this, I just looked them up a little bit on uh, online, and like everything else, it seems they're, they're closed now. You can't go to the Yaddo Foundation. Yeah, if you drive along Union Avenue and, and get on the Northway, that, that's been blocked off for the entire year. But in a normal year, it's certainly the grounds are open to the public. They have a beautiful rose garden. Um, and so on, even though um, you're not allowed into near or around the uh, the main uh, home or the outlying buildings, which are really occupied uh, by artists in residence, and um, their privacy is respected. But it is a beautiful spot. Mm. And in the 1880s, uh, Spencer and Katrina Trask, you write, have joy and sorrow. I mean, they they had deaths among their their children, correct? Yeah, that's the sad tale of, uh, of, of the Trask family. Uh, they had four children. They all died before uh, uh, reaching the age of 10, I think. Um, they, um, they had lost uh, their first child, uh, Allison, which was named after Spencer's father, um, when he was five years old. Um, then later they had um, two others, in, in, I guess in 1888, they had uh, a daughter and a son. Christina and Spencer Jr. and they died of diphtheria. It, um, actually, they had um, contacted diphtheria through their mother Katrina, 
um, who had diphtheria and was at the point of death, and they actually, in, uh, so they were invited in to uh, what they thought was going to be saying goodbye to her, and uh, they contacted uh, diphtheria and both died, and, and Katrina, their mother, uh, survived. Wow. It's a sad tale, and they lost another uh, um, uh, daughter, I think, uh, a little bit later, so they lost a total of four children during this uh, time. And it was famously one of the daughters that had uh, really um, named the, the uh, state Yaddo, um, as you've probably heard before, trying to say the word shadow. And uh, okay. it became Yaddo, and that became the name of the estate. And the uh, Trasks also moved to Saratoga Springs, right? I mean, and there wasn't Yaddo had been their estate? Yeah, and uh, they moved to uh, um, Saratoga in the early um, 1880s, same same time period. Their father, Allison, had retired, Allenson had retired there, and he had an estate on Nelson Avenue, uh, south of, of where the backstretch is now, on the, uh, on the NYRA track. Um, um, Spencer and Katrina came um, in 1881 and rented uh, the estate that became the Yaddo, um, and actually they, he did that as a retreat after his uh, um, his first child, his son, Allenson, had died. And they liked it so much as a retreat that in the next year they, they purchased the estate. And it was mm-hmm. actually a road, that, uh, which I only discovered when I uh, was uh, researching this. There was a road that connected his father's uh, estate um, on, uh, on Nelson Avenue to, his, to uh, the Yaddo on, Nel- on Union Avenue. Uh, mm-hmm. This is now part of private, private property, but it became really a Trask family compound for a number of years. And Trask, you write, um, when, when he's living now in Saratoga Springs, uh, t- took up the dark side of the Gilded Age. For example, he opposed gambling up in Saratoga Springs. Yeah, imagine that in Saratoga. <laughs> right. Yeah, he became somewhat of a reformer. He actually started a newspaper Um to uh, promote his views, and he spent quite a bit of his own money in uh, in promoting that. He started a newspaper called the Saratoga Union, and uh, so he was known as a reformer. Um, he was well connected politically with uh, the uh, you know the, the highest levels of state government, like Governor Hughes at the time. And in, and in the early 1900s, he became focused on the gas company's destruction and what he viewed and others viewed as the destruction of the uh, of the springs in Saratoga by uh, the deep well drilling they were doing of our, uh, for carbonic gas which was used in uh, in uh, making soda fountains soda fountain drinks and, and carbonation for uh, for other beverages so it became a huge business there was a number of firms that were uh, established and frankly were exploiting the land or, or the springs and causing the demise of the springs. So, uh, in 1908, he was able to get the uh, the state legislature uh, to, uh, or was instrumental. One of the people that were involved in the in the passage of the Anti-Pumping Act of 1908, and it was from that uh, action that the state reservation was founded the next year, and then the state reservation uh, uh, was ultimately. Uh, um, Incorporated back into the state conservation department, and then became the uh, the state park in the 30s. 
Jim Richmond is a founding member of the Saratoga County History Roundtable and is currently researching the early history of the Saratoga Spa uh, State Park. Do you, do you hope to do a book on this, Jim, or, or what? Well, once you get to uh, three or four binders of uh, material, you start thinking in that direction. So uh, there may be a book in it. There's more research uh, to be done for sure. Um, and one of the impediments is I think all historians are going through now is the, un- the unavailability of a lot of the sources. I mean, if we didn't have the, uh, you know, the Internet connections that we have, we wouldn't be able to gather much information at all. But like, uh, for instance, the uh, Saratoga Room and the Saratoga Springs Public Library was open for limited time and limited access uh, in the uh, in the in late 2020, but is now closed again. Again, thank you, Jim Richmond, uh, for uh, joining us. You've been listening to the Historians Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.